Hey everyone, Kroom Ray here, founder and CEO at One Soccer Nation. Very excited to have our first interview with Ira Jersey. Uh, he's based out of Jersey. Uh, can you please introduce yeah. yourself to our viewers? Yeah, I'm Ira Jersey. I'm the uh, founder and co-owner of Real Central New Jersey Soccer. We play in USL League 2 as well as the uh, Women's Premier Soccer League. Uh, we also have some uh, men's full-year programs playing in high-level amateur soccer. Nice. So, you know, why did you start the club? What was the inspiration to start a soccer club in New Jersey? Yeah, so when you think about New Jersey and you think about all the great players who come out of New Jersey and who played at Princeton or Rutgers and played on the U.S. national team or play in Major League Soccer today or play in the NWSL, we looked at a map and said, you know, where could uh, soccer players play while they're at home during the summer in Central Jersey? And the answer was nowhere within an hour of where we where we live. That's myself and, and my, my partners. So we decided to, to look at a story these summer league teams and and uh, we, we saw that there was significant demand from players and and we thought that it would be a great community resource because we're we're an hour from Red Bull Arena we're an hour from where the Philadelphia Union play so we thought it would be a, a great uh, you know central location for people to enjoy high-level high-quality soccer uh, during those summer months absolutely do you have a soccer background as well or <laughs> um, since he just passed I have to say I saw Pele play in the 1970s um, so he was one of the reasons why maybe I fell in love with soccer. He just did things with the soccer ball that, that no one else did. I've been playing soccer since 1976. Um, so it's been quite a long time. I played, you know, up, I still play today. I'm playing in over 40 league today. I've been a referee since the mid 1980s. So yeah, I've just, soccer uh, has just been part of my life forever. Not at, necessarily as a professional, uh, at the professional level ever, but, um, certainly when it comes to both playing, watching, um, I had season tickets to the Metro Stars back when MLS first started. So, you know, I've been very involved with the sport for quite a long time. Amazing. What do you look to, you know, what are your future plans for the club? Yeah, so so in November of 2022, uh, we signed an expansion agreement with the United Soccer Leagues to bring uh, professional soccer to Central Jersey. Uh, Central Jersey being defined as New Brunswick, where Rutgers is, down through Princeton and Trenton. So somewhere in that corridor, we're looking to... Uh, um, to, to play and have stadium uh, in that area for both a men's uh, USL League One team and then a women's Super League team uh, to, uh, to to bring professional soccer to the area. Something a bit more affordable than Major League Soccer um, and also kind of fill this gap because New Jersey is a soccer state and uh, like I mentioned before, all of the great people who have come out of um, who have come out of New Jersey, the great soccer clubs that are there, um, including a couple of our partners like Match Fit and Next Level Soccer, um, they're, they're you know, we just grow players in, in New Jersey. And, and there was this gap in the middle of New Jersey where, you know, down near Philly, you had plenty of people could go support the union up in New, near New York. You could have uh, people support the Red Bulls. But right where we are, we think that there's a, a good niche there for, uh, you know, three to 5,000 people to come and watch our games. Absolutely. And, and soccer brings people together, right? It's, it's for the community. Um, I've been to New Jersey myself. I think it was the area was New Rack, I think the city. Um, there's a lot of buildings. And there's not a lot of greenery. So, you know, can you talk a little bit about stadiums? Are there existing stadiums? And how do you um, guys plan about going about the stadium? Are you guys looking to get into a stadium and then build your own? Or can you just share a little bit about that, please? Yeah. So so, so we're looking into a, a number of different options. I mean, one option is at a university where we would help them upgrade their stadium in order to, um, in order to fit the needs of USL, uh, 
of our USL professional teams, um, you know, and it will also help the university and the town where they are. So we've met with uh, the township and the township's very uh, interested in us coming and becoming a professional franchise, kind of to put that town that we're talking about on the map. I'm not at liberty to say who or where that is, but it is in our franchise area. So, <laughs> so in Central Jersey. Um, and, you know, a lot of uh, the, the path to a stadium is, is very important, right? Because that's your home. That's where you want to live. That's where, um, you know, you, your players are going to spend a lot of their time and you hope that a lot of fans will spend a lot of their time there. And with a men's and women's team, we're talking about 30 league matches a year. So we're talking about just about every week having a game during the during the season. So it can be very exciting. And, and that was initially our single biggest hurdle was finding a, uh, a route to a stadium. Now we have a route to a stadium. Now the next challenge is finding a route to finding a, a an owner because unfortunately none of my partners or I have the minimum requirement that U.S. Soccer, the U.S. Soccer Federation requires for uh, for, for a primary owner. Got it. How do you guys plan on uh, getting this uh, major investor to come in and invest the project? And how are you guys going about pitching it? Yeah, so, so literally I started this just right around Christmas week. I spent a lot of that week besides our USL2 tryouts. I was dealing with, uh, uh, you know, reaching out to investors. So family offices, you know, basically people who um, have been very successful in their lives. Hopefully they have a passion for soccer, similar to what we have. Um, and, and it's kind of, you know, letting them, telling them our story, saying, hey, we want to make sure that we can, um, you know, bring uh, soccer as a community asset to Central New Jersey. And, you know, we hope that you'll come and join us and do it. Because, you know, between all the pharmaceutical companies and all of the tech companies that have come out of New Jersey, um, we think that there's there's a, a large enough base of people that, you know, we need one of them basically to be able to uh, come and, and be our primary owner. And, and for, for in our situation, we're almost turnkey, where we have 90% of the planning done to be able to start play in a couple of years, but we, you know, we just need to kind of finalize our ownership group. And, and what's been amazing, even since we made our announcement, there's been so many people who have been interested in investing, but but they're all would be minority investors, which, um, you know, none of them meet the minimum requirement that U.S. soccer requires. But, uh, but, but, you know, we could have a very diverse ownership group, men, women, a lot of different ethnicities. So we're talking about, a um, you know, really a melting pot of people that want to be involved in this project. Absolutely. I, you know, I don't mean to get too technical here, but how are you guys, you know, what, what type of structure are you guys going about raising the capital? Yeah. So, so it's, it's quite frankly, a lot of phone calls and emails. Um, you know, that, that's how we've started. And, and, you know, it's only been two weeks basically from yesterday that I, that I started the process. Um, so it, it is going to be very, uh, grassroots. I mean, it almost has to be right. So, and, and it's talking to other people like financial advisors and, and some other, um, you know, high, high net worth, uh, asset managers who might have a client that is, is interested. So you, you wind up talking to someone who manages money for someone with a billion dollars. And, you know, that person might, might go to that person who has a billion dollars and say, you know, Hey, would you be interested in, you know, putting, you know, four or $5 million of your net worth toward this project? And, and, um, yeah, you know, and if nothing else, it's, it's something that really can bring people together. And, and, you know, when we have in our, uh, in our men's teams, you just look at our teams, we have, you know, immigrant 
immigrants from Haiti. We have immigrants from uh, Liberia. We have um, we have people who were born in in, New Jer in Central Jersey. We have people who have emigrated to Central Jersey. People who moved from Florida to Central Jersey, and all of them play on our men's teams. And and you know, I'd like to think that we would create a team that would basically show the identity of what New Jersey is, and we will be Jersey's team. So we're not going to be beholden to the New York media market. We're not going to be you know in Chester, Pennsylvania, where the Philadelphia Jersey. Union play. But we are going to be Jersey's team, and that's and that's really our goal to uh, to really embrace and be uniquely Jersey. Yeah, I think you know I love that, and I think that's very important, uh, especially for the community to identify with who New Jersey's soccer team is. Um, and uh, but there's also New Jersey Teamster. I'm not too sure if they're still around in ISA. Um, if you don't mind me asking this question, um, you know, would that be seen as a competitor or would it be seen as a partner? So so the Teamsters are in North Jersey. So you know, so so if you think about New Jersey, there's basically I would say four regions. Um, so there's North Jersey. That's kind of where the Teamsters are, and you have some really great clubs up there because you have Vistula, you have um, Hoboken FC, which is one of the oldest clubs in the country, uh, plus the Red Bulls and and Gotham FC play up there in, in the professional ranks. Um, and then when you look at South Jersey, you're talking about Cherry Hill, kind of the Philadelphia market. Then you have the Jersey Shore, you know, Atlantic City, Ocean City, uh, Wall, and then of course you have Central Jersey, and <laughs> right in the middle of all of it. <laughs> right. So yeah, yeah. So 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 the Teamsters in in uh, are up there, and and, and there, there are other other you know teams and and some clubs that do have men's and adult programming. Um, you know, the, like Bulldogs FC. There's FC Copa, which is in the U plays in USL League Two in in uh, the Metropolitan Division. So so there are some, and uh, Jackson Lions is a huge one, right? They they have a great men's program, and and we actually try to emulate them for some of our adult amateur teams because they are uh, they and FC Motown are the creme de la creme, and and you know consistently making the U.S. Open Cup and uh, continuing to uh, to to grow uh, in the community. So so I would say if we compete with anyone, it would probably be Jackson Lions and FC Bulldogs and FC Bulldogs and FC Copa just because of where we are. But um, but they're in our franchise area for the professional team. So I would hope that they might become feeders into our club. So if they have a player or two that is you know projects to be professional, that they would send them to us, and then I'd hope that somehow or another we'd be able to help them with solidarity payments or or something else. Like it might not be a lot of money, but you know every five hundred thousand dollars helps when you're running a, an amateur professional club or amateur club, uh, I should say adult amateur club in the country. Nice. Um, leading towards the end here, how important is building out the women's side of soccer to you? Uh, how important is it to the, your whole team? Well, when I brought up this idea to some of my friends in soccer, and I talked to my, my partner, Ben, um, about maybe getting involved with the club, his eyes lit up and he said, he said, are you going to have a women's program? And I said, if you want to run it. And he, he said, yes, absolutely. So I, I think, you know, the women's, the women's side of the, uh, of the, um, of the club, it gets as much, if not more, attention than the men's side. So, um, you know, the, the player pool is a little bit different, and I think it's growing um, because on the men's side, we have uh, a lot of men who want to play professionally. Like that's their ultimately their goal. But there's still a, a lot of um, there's a lot of professional opportunities out there, even in the United States on the men's side. There's not as many on the women's side yet. As the USL Super League starts to grow, you know, there's going to exponentially be hundreds, if not thousands, of more roster spots for players and I think that more women will see that as a professional pathway so so when we play in the women's premier soccer league and um, and and we think about our professional franchise um, you know we, we that's so important and 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 the the community definitely has embraced 
our um, our, our women's team. In fact, our um, you know our our first and third best attended games the last two years that since we've been in existence were on our women's side. Um, of course, our women did make the playoffs and won our division, so, that, <laughs> so that's one reason for that. But not, but nonetheless, we definitely had have a lot of support for the women's team, and uh, and and we get great players who are all born locally, right? So we have some really uh, spectacular players that we want to be a uh, um, th th that we want to be a resource for to as they continue their college careers. Amazing, I love that. Is there any unique uh, components to the project? You know, we got NFTs now, um, our reality TV shows. Uh, you know, that we're we're seeing these different type of plays happening. Is there anything um, differently that you guys are doing uh, part of your project, or are we keeping it simple, clean, and straight to the point? <laughs> well, so, so so we've been testing a lot of different things. So we actually did have a weekly live stream that we called Watch It Real, um, and we did that for about a year. Um, yeah, you know, we got some attention, um, but it wound up being a lot of work, and you know, you have to pick what uh, where you're going to spend your time when you're an owner and and trying to build the club. Um, the the big thing that that I think. And, and this isn't unique to us, but but I think the big thing for just about everyone is, especially as we're growing, um, it's really bringing in um, really passionate volunteers um, because we, and we have a couple. So I'm gonna I'm gonna call them out here. I'm gonna call <laughs> I'm gonna call out Jenica and Nikki and Sarah because the three of them have been have been massive supporters and massive help to us. I mean, just things like checking in people at tryouts, right? Like them coming and and doing that. Them you know manning the ticket table and um, and, and helping. Helping with merchandise and doing inventory, like like it's invaluable for, for people like that. And and you know I think small clubs and amateur clubs in particular really can't exist without those kinds of volunteers. Um, so 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 we've decided, um, you know we're going to keep on working on volunteers, getting volunteer social media content person. So so we're really going to make a push this spring to let everyone know who our players are this year because I think you know quite frankly we didn't do a great job of that the first two years. So we want to make sure that you know. Every player gets a two-minute, you know, YouTube or, or you know, Instagram video that says, "Here's who we are. Here's why, where I play. Here's what I want to do. Here's my goals in life." So that way, the community can really get to know our players because I, I think that engagement between fan and player can be so um, uh, deep and and emotional at this uh, amateur level. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. I think, you know, um, you know, the people that you just spoke about, especially players. For example, I've I've been a player myself. I, I totally understand that we don't. Need Need it, you know. For example, per se, because we're we're already doing it, but to get that extra boost, that extra appreciation, that extra promotion, it really helps. And uh, not only that, tapping into their network and um, allowing them to share it to their network, it, it, it only <clears throat> sorry, excuse me, it only benefits both sides. So I think all in all, it's it's great. Um, what's been the hardest thing for you uh, starting up this club? Um, it, time management is by far right. So so we all have day jobs and and you know pretty. pretty big day jobs like I, I I'm a you know I have a glo I manage a global team in New York and Hong Kong as well as New York and Princeton so so you know managing my time and then managing my uh, two partners times one is the CEO of a 600 person company the other one owns his own marketing company right so 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 for all of us it's you know how can we make sure that we maximize our time and that we're most efficient in the use of that time so so by far that's been it but you know again as we've brought in some some really passionate volunteers, we've been able to spread some of the workload around, and that's really been a, a big benefit the last year and a half. 
amazing. Um, last question on my side, and I'd, I'd love for you to share anything that you'd love to share. Um, what advice would you give to me in, uh, in my, you know, journey tapping into the game, getting some skin in the game, and wanting to, you know, grow a, a big team, you know, a hundred plus team, hopefully in the future. But yeah, I, I think it's it's being patient. Um, you know that I have to tell myself that. You know the fact that I've, you know, reached out to a whole bunch of uh, potential investors the last couple of weeks and haven't heard back from any yet. You know, realize that oh, Christmas was in there, New Year's was in there, and you know, just knowing that it's a numbers game and that you have to find that, you know, it's just finding that one passionate person who shares in your passion and has complementary skills and or a complementary bank account to yourself. And in our case, I think is um, is is the big thing. And uh, you know, so so I think we just can't give up, right? So at the end of the day, these are passion projects. These are um, things that you have to say that you're giving back to the community in some either small or large way. Um, and, and I think that you have to make sure that you're looking at uh, whatever project you're involved in in that way. That this is a this is a benefit for the community, and and it's and it's huge. You know, you, you know, we have some really big sponsors like Capital Health, which is a local um, hospital group in our area that has a local trauma center, has a brand new hospital that's that's uh, you know right on Interstate 295. You know, Capital Health came in and they've been a great sponsor. They're, they're our Jersey sponsor. They signed a multi-year deal. When we told them that we were looking to go pro, they instantly said, hey, we want to be involved. We want to be there. We know what you guys are doing. We think you've done a great job with your teams and players um, and your and your fan base. And they really want to uh, want to help. So so cultivating those types of, of deep roots with community organizations is uh, is just massive. And I think, you know, as we build out our ownership group, like, you know, using them as a resource and using other people that we know as as uh, resources is just uh, is just can be I think I'm hoping can be very beneficial. Absolutely. Um, I know I said last question, but this is my last question. This is my last one. Um, you mentioned sponsorships. You know, was it a long process to get the sponsor, or you know, was it someone that you already had an existing relationship and there was just a conversation and it just happened? So, so it depends. I mean, we have we have a number of sponsors. Like we we have some you know really great sponsors like Route One Auto, which is a local car dealership where I get my car fixed, right? So of course I went in there and said, "Hey, I get I I'm a customer. Would you help us out?" You know, I told them our story and they were willing to buy a sideline board and, and be one of our sponsors. And, um, you know, speaking to um, uh, Bucks, the Buxton Complex, which is a, a local storage facility and does gardening and they have like, uh, you know, they sell play sets and, and gazebos and things like that too, right? So, so uh, you know, you know and, and they're a commu also a community-based organization. So they were a no-brainer to, to, to go to them and say, um, hey, we're also a community organization. Would you be willing to help us and our players and uh, and the like? And, and they get something out of it too, right? We had a, we had a great uh, preseason event there last year where, um, you know, we had, unfortunately it rained, so we couldn't do the big cookout we were hoping to do. But, you know, we had we had people um, using their big green eggs, which is one of their kind of barbecue kind of things, and, and they, they made lunch for us, and it was great, right? We had players, we had fans, it was, you know, you have 50 or 60 people there, it was really fun. Um, so, so you know, going to those local community organizations and, and community businesses that really can understand the power of being deeply in, in ingrained in the community I, I think was was great and yeah some of it took time like you know you don't go to a you, you don't go to a multi you know tens of millions of dollars organization like a hospital group and and do something with a handshake overnight right that, that takes a couple of meetings and calls and you know getting lawyers involved always takes some time obviously um, but but you know but it it has turned into this wonderful relationship that we have with with them and um, you know I'm, I'm trying to oh first bank you know 
know, local community bank is is our banking sponsor. We have our bank account there, right? Like, <laughs> you know, so um, you know, so they've been great. They sponsor the first half by First Bank, right? And and yeah, you know, it's not it it's not a ton of money for them, I think, in their marketing budget, but it's huge for us, right? Because it, it winds up paying you know paying for the registration for all of our women's team, for example, and that that's huge, right? So even though again, it's not a ton of money to them, it's a lot of money to us. Amazing. 2026 is coming down the pipeline. Three years from now, what do you see that doing for U.S. soccer? Um, and eventually, it's going to affect your club in a very positive way. So it's a huge wave coming up. What are your plans and thoughts? Well, so one of the, I think one of the big selling points for our club and and why an investor should think about getting involved early and getting involved now um, is twofold. And, and a big one is um, we being in Central Jersey, we're right in between two venues for that 2026 World Cup because there's going to be North Jersey and Philadelphia are both going to have games and being right in the middle of it where, um, you know, you don't have, you, you know, a lot of teams, they don't want to be housed right in the middle of New York City or right in the middle of Philadelphia where their, you know, their players are distracted or, you know, their players did decide to try to see the nightlife and, and don't train properly. So I think being in an area that's close enough, like an hour away from, like I said, both both of those venues um, in, in Central Jersey could be ideal. Plus, I do think that it's going to be, uh, where there's going to be so much attention on uh, soccer. You get these little boosts all the time, every World Cup. But when it's here, and you're probably not old enough to remember when you were growing up in Canada in 1994, but I can tell you, in after 1994, the World Cup being here, all of a sudden you had a lot of casual sports fans became soccer fans. Maybe baseball and soccer, football and soccer. But you had a lot of casual sports fans become big soccer fans. And I think it's just going to be even uh, even more pronounced this time because we already have momentum, right? So this is just going to push things forward. You know, we have Major League Soccer. So you have all, most of the major metropolitan areas are, are already have soccer teams. USL Championship already has those uh, a lot of second-tier cities with soccer teams. What we're trying to do, and I think what a lot of other areas are trying to do, whether it's NISO or, or USL League One, is fill in those other gaps in between and allow local soccer teams to be there. And I think the World Cup is going to uh, is just going to you know start to fill stadiums. Um, and uh, so, so those of us who are able to take advantage and start in 2025 and 2026 um, for for playing professional soccer are just going to get more and more fans into the game, um, especially when you can support your local team um, that uh, you know has local players and also is less expensive maybe than you know going up to a major metropolitan area. Yeah, and you know the very unique thing with uh, USL Championship and USL One is we're you know they're going into these communities um, and and just growing a community around the beautiful game, and I think it's such an amazing thing. Uh, you know, for both people getting involved on the investment side and people that are being a part of it uh, through the community, it's a positive change. Um, I'm, I'm very excited for you for what you guys have um, that you for what you guys are putting together, and I'm uh, very excited for us as well. And uh, USL is growing; they're already doing their thing. So, I appreciate you taking the time and joining us on the podcast today. Thanks very much. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks. That was awesome. Cheers. 